Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Kuzma driving heavy inside. Knocked away. Stolen. Here comes Harden on the break with that great vision. Luwabu Cabarro three. <laughs> Got it. Wow. It's BetQL Daily on the BetQL Audio Network. Oh, yeah. Final hour here. Friday show. BetQL Daily. Ryan Horvath, John Jastrzemski holding it down on the BetQL Radio Network. We're going to welcome in a guy who's killing it right now on the Daily Wager over on ESPN. The host, the extraordinaire of that show, my main man, Doug Kazarian. Doug, it's JJ. It's Ryan. What's happening, dude? How you doing, man? Good to be with you guys. Thanks for having me. It's uh, always a little weird feeling, a sudden, an abrupt change after Super Bowl, right? Like pouring into props for weeks, but obviously, fortunately, we have hoops. No, you ain't kidding, Doug. And for me, this is like the transition going from the Super Bowl, taking us right until the NCAA tournament. How do you like handicapping NBA compared to college basketball? Do you have a favorite that you kind of latch on to over these next few weeks out of curiosity? Yeah, I'm like a, definitely an NBA junkie. I grew up in L.A. during the Showtime era. NBA is my, probably like my favorite sport to follow, although we all love football, right? I'm just, I, I watch it every night. I have multiple TVs. Just, you know, obviously, having the Lakers be basically successful for my entire life um, has helped. But, yeah, no, I'm definitely an NBA junkie. I like college hoops, but NBA is my thing. Doug, huge fan of the show. Love the work you guys do. You, Joe, obviously, Stanford, Steve, you guys do a terrific job on that show. Uh, what do you guys make right now of the Nets, of the Brooklyn Nets? You know, you said you're a big NBA guy. I'm really high on the Nets. I know the argument there's only one basketball, but when you got three isolation scorers like that, I just think they're going to figure it out. And you saw it last night. I know there's no Anthony Davis for the Lakers, but they did a pretty good job defensively last night as well. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I was basically a proponent of this ever since it, it surfaced because when you get these guys together, they're geniuses, and that's basically what they are. They're offensive geniuses. And with Steve Nash and D'Antoni on the bench, like there's going to be a million possessions a game. So it's not like football where you're very limited. There's plenty to go around, and you can stagger your playing time and obviously keep a stud, at least one on the court at all times. And then obviously down the stretch, and let's not forget, like, they're at the later part of their career. Two of them have already won titles. Harden's won an MVP and then flamed out. So just their life experiences lend themselves to probably be more deferential than we would think initially. And also the fact that Durant is a spot-up shooter if he needs to be. He obviously played off the ball at times with Steph. And they just want to win, it sounds like. You know, KD wants to do it with his own team, so to speak, even though he was the finals MVP, both of his titles with the Warriors. 
And I, I totally agree. Now, the defensively, I'm not going to give them too much credit. The Lakers have been terrible in the month of February shooting from three. So a lot of it was open misses, to your point, Anthony Davis and Dennis Schroeder. So they were missing two of their five starters. And uh, Lakers have also just kind of hit a malaise. Uh, they talked about it on the broadcast, Kevin Harlan and Reggie Miller last night. And if you break it down, uh, obviously a quick turnaround from the bubble. For But if you look at all the conference finalists, all four have been really struggling ATS. The Lakers are the only ones that are good uh, straight up. They're they're 22 and 8, obviously. But even the Nuggets are only two games above 500. Celtics are are 500 exactly, and the Heat are five games under 500. All of them are are either below 500 ATS or the Celtics are also 14 and 14 ATS. So, I mean, look, it could be just coincidence. It's only four teams, but there is something to be said about that malaise. And actually, the All Star break, that final week. Uh, pre-All-Star break is always dangerous. You hear ex-coaches on broadcast talking about it. You just don't know what's going to happen. So in a couple of weeks, be careful betting that week. But I would just say this stretch between now and the All-Star break every year is always a little wonky. So I think it was just Lakers missing shots. Guys like KCP won a five last night. I, I don't, I'm not putting too much credit on the Nets defense just yet, but the offense is obviously high level. You know, Doug, on that note, do you think teams like Miami and Denver and Boston, because of their struggles, dealing with that bubble malaise, not getting off to a fast start, not covering a whole lot of numbers, can be undervalued perhaps when we come back after the All-Star break in a couple of weeks? I do think so, and especially the well-coached teams, right? Um, Brad Stevens is no longer the only good coach around, like, there's going to be adjustments made. And I was actually thinking about it. It's kind of funny. I feel like a hypocrite. I feel a little dirty because I've been so anti-Toronto for a couple of years. But I wonder if they're in position to make a run now. Those early season struggles, you can get them at 100-1 to to win it all. And given what's going on with the Bucs, who have lost five straight, their window may have closed just because of Giannis' limitations. And now their bench is so weak. I like Forbes, but their bench is so weak. I just wonder if it's more wide open in the East than we think. And Miami Heat, maybe they were just more suited for the bubble than other teams. And that was their competitive advantage, their, their mental toughness. Maybe they're not that great. And obviously, they have, you know, they've been so injured all year. They're going to be good come around. So, but we'll see about Boston. I, I don't know if they've figured things out yet. Uh, Kemba, and it's just, it hasn't fit yet. But to your point, any of these teams could get hot. So 100 to 1 on the Raptors definitely has me interested just because the Nets, I mean, Obviously not rooting for it, but let's face it, Kyrie and Durant have a checkered injury pass, right? And there's there's a chance that some guys just go cold in a playoff down the stretch especially. So 100-1 to has me intrigued, at least for Toronto right now. Doug, taking a look at the Western Conference, obviously Utah is on a tear right now. They're 19-1-1 against the spread in their last 21 games. They got four guys that could shoot the rock over 40% from three. Jordan Clarkson, you just saw what he could do the other night when he went off for 40. I really like what the Jazz have done, man. They've surrounded Rudy Gobert with knockdown shooters. But do you give them any shot to actually win the West? Now, Anthony Davis, they reevaluated that injury. He's going to miss more time than we originally expected. What are your thoughts right now on Utah? And also, are we fading them tonight against the Clippers? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm not fading them for a long, long time. I think it'd be silly to. I mean, what, if you don't fade them, what are you missing out on? One win. Okay, great. Congratulations. Uh, if you get that win. But why bet into the streak? You, you know, betting, betting against a win streak is always kind of silly. Now, it's one thing to have a win streak of like four or five games in the situation scream sport. But when you're on this kind of a tear, 19-1-1 and in your trucking teams and your double-digit win in and out, what's the point of trying to get cute and find that needle in the haystack the one time they're not going to cover? You only can win once when you bet into a streak, but you can lose a bunch of times. So for me, and on top of that, I'm a believer in the Jazz. So even without Conley, um, you know, a lot of times when you see these teams that, that are on the cusp, they may make a move and go all in, much like when Toronto did the one year with Kawhi. Like, I don't think they're a player away. Because I think the strength of this team is they all fit so perfectly together. And if you look at this team, um, yes, they don't have this superstar power like LeBron or Kawhi and some of these other teams. But so often as sports fans, we dismiss anything that we have not seen before. But at some point, something happens for the first time, whether it's Mickelson winning a major or Virginia finally winning a title with that you know, system with Tony Bennett. So I think at some point this Jazz team, look, they've improved their win percentage three straight years, and it looks like they're going to do it a fourth straight year. They have a two-time defensive player of the year in Rudy Gobert, and, you know, two basketball heads. He's the best screener in the NBA, which obviously helps their shooting, and they lead the league in three-pointers made per game, and they're the only team that's top five offensive and defensive efficiency, which kind of reminds me of the Warriors that first season under Steve Kerr that they won it all. Now things fell their way. But just because we haven't seen Utah do it doesn't mean they can't. Donovan Mitchell could certainly be the best player in a series. And even if he's not, he's a bona fide all-star. And we've seen teams kind of get over the hump and kind of sneak through, whether it was the 2011 Mavs. Now, that team, Dirk, was already a league MVP at that point. But even the 4 Pistons, uh, the Raptors come to mind, but they did have Kawhi. That's fair. And he was a former finals MVP with the Spurs. I just, don't, I just wouldn't be so dismissive of this Jazz team especially because of what you mentioned, the AD uncertainty with the Lakers and even the Clippers. I'm not convinced they've figured out all their issues. Okay, Doug, when it comes to this specific streak, though, and they've been money, right, against the number, they're covering like crazy. When does it get to a point, though, where if you're, you know, a handicapper or you throw money on these games and you haven't been betting Utah the last couple of weeks, you almost feel as if you're, like, late to the party. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not suggesting fading them tonight, but I almost feel like hopping on board now you get the sense it might be a little too little too late? Yeah, no, I, I, I know people have had that feeling the last couple of weeks, right, when it was like 13-1 and one or whatever it was. And, again, this goes back to sort of what I was saying. You can only be right once betting into a streak. You can only be wrong once betting on a streak. So if a streak starts and you're late to the party, I think it's okay because what do you, you're only going to lose one bet if you try to, bet, try to, like, follow and tail, and then you just happen to start tailing the time that they uh, don't cover. I, I think for me, so much of this is driven by the math, right? The betting market with the influx of math modelers, it's all kind of that's how that's what sets the number in the market. And there is a tax. A couple of weeks ago, they were laying six at home to the Celtics. They did not have Conley and the Boston got Jalen Brown back. That was a huge tax. The other night with uh, Philly, it was like seven and a half and eight without Embiid. But they, they pull away. They're just overwhelming and they have all the pieces. So, I would have no problem if someone's like, look, I haven't bet any of their last 21 games or 19-1-1, and and if you want a tail, I'd be fine. Because what's the worst thing that happens? You lose one bet. 
Absolutely. Doug, nine games on tap tonight in the association. Anything you like, anything that uh, jumps off the page as you look at the board for tonight? Yeah, there's a few things. So I'm looking at Denver, particularly in the first quarter. They played the Maverick, excuse me, they played the Cavs a week ago, and they were actually coming off three losses a week ago and then led 34-17 after one and went on in a blowout win. They're same situation tonight. They're off back-to-back losses. I think they get right. I do like Denver in the first quarter tonight, but I think my top play, I'm having a little reservation because I'm not sure what Monty Williams is going to do with the starting lineup. Either he's going to play Jay Crowder over Kaminsky, but it's a like I have obviously Zion Williamson's a tough matchup for any team, but they lost big to the Pelicans the last meeting. It's just Stephen Adams is questionable tonight, and you wouldn't think it, but he's a huge impact on their offensive side of the ball. Their net rating with him is like very, very good. It's 116.8. Without him, it's 110.7. So a big difference. The net rating on defense is about the same between him and, 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 and uh, Jackson Hayes. So I'm looking at the Suns just off that collapse against the Nets. They said all the right things. If you want to play amateur psychologists, which I tend to do, um, I think it's a good spot to like back them either in the first quarter. First to 20 points, I think I like better because Cameron Payne comes in with about four, four and a half to go. So I'd rather isolate Chris Paul. So I'd go first to 20 if you like the prop, or just maybe first half team total over 57 and a half, because then you get full Chris Paul in the first half, and I just, the Pelicans defense is terrible. I just worry about the Pelican, excuse me, the Suns pace for an entire game, especially if they get a lead, like this could unfold. Chris Paul definitely has much more measured possessions. So I would do first half team total 57 and a half, but favorite play on that game would be the prop at a first to 20 points. I love that you are sharing the love when it comes to the Phoenix Suns. I think it's a great spot for them after what happened in Brooklyn. Bad New Orleans team. A lot of ingredients for success. Now, when it comes to the MVP, Doug, listen, we all know LeBron right now at this point in time is a heavy and a significant front runner. If anybody is going to push him between now and the end of the year when it comes to winning that award, who would your choice be? Okay, so I've been immersed in this race for a while. Um, I did not get Embiid at the beginning of the season because it was a long shot, and we talked about it on the show, and it went down a little bit, and for some reason I just didn't do it. I'm an idiot. But I have LeBron, a bunch of tickets between 6-1 to one and 8-1. to one. Um, I was sort of like just ahead of the curve when he had that monster performance against Giannis and the Bucks, and then a week later against the uh, Cavs and the comeback win on the road. So the guy I made, not, I made three separate bets this week on him. I just couldn't stop looking at the number. I kept going back to the window was Lillard at 40 to one. Uh, now he's 25 to one and 20 to one in other places. I still think that's a good bet. I don't understand why Lillard doesn't have the same odds as like Steph at eight to one or something like that. Look, the guy is carrying the, uh, the Blazers, CJ McCollum and Nurkic are both out. So they're second, third best players. He has kept their 18 and 10 right now. He's obviously got all the highlight shots, the logo, not quite like Steph, but they're a much better team. McCollum's going to be reevaluated in two weeks. So he doesn't have to do it for the whole season. McCollum should be back maybe after the All-Star break. And if Lillard keeps them relevant, I, I always say you have to handicap voters as much as you handicap um, players. And the NBA is so kind of like driven by like almost like career achievement. You have to have like already been in the discussion before, before you become the award winner. Like I think maybe Giannis is the only guy then to do that. Like, for example, Derrick Rose is the only NBA MVP that will not eventually go on to the Hall of Fame. Right. So every other MVP has sort of been like been like an all star, just kind of been around. So I just don't know if like a guy like Jokic, like the voters are there yet. And by the way, they're 15 to 13, the eighth seed right now. They have to play better. 
I do think Luca and the Mavs could get more involved because Luca's stats are so great. But for me, like, I think Lillard should be right there if LeBron falters. Now, Embiid as well, of course. But I think Lillard being this long shot still with what's going on with the four seed and he's putting up these numbers, these highlight reels. He's known as a great leader. He's been leading the charge. Now, I know he's buried in the West Coast late at night, but I think he's more of like a brand now than he's ever been. So I do think Lillard could win it this year if LeBron falters. And I think those odds are just ridiculous. Doug, appreciate a couple of minutes, man. Stay hot on the Daily Wager, bro. You're crushing it right now. Keep it coming, man. Keep winning. And we'll do this again soon, man. Enjoy this weekend, all right? Yeah, thanks. I was getting heckled a little bit last night. I took the night off. We were on a hot streak. It was, it was a fun convo in there. So I'm, I'll, I'll be back at it tonight. With one well, of now players. you got to rev up the I engines again. Let's go. I'm yeah. not giving you a hard time. Stay hot, baby. That's the idea. <laughs> Stay hot. All right, we'll do. Thanks for having me, guys. There you have it. It's Doug, Doug Kazarian over at ESPN, the Daily Wager. Good stuff there. And Ryan, we've done a little more research on these MLB futures totals. I have some win totals I like. Let's I have get some win it. totals I'm looking to avoid. That's coming up next. It is BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Audio Network. We're coming right back.